Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Fast Feast Repeat, Intermittent Fasting for Life. I'm Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock, longtime intermittent faster and health and wellness advocate. Please keep in mind that this podcast is for educational and motivational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical or diagnostic advice. Jen and I are not doctors, so make sure to check with your trusted healthcare professionals before making changes, especially when it comes to any medical treatments or medications. Whether you're new to intermittent fasting or an experienced intermittent faster, tune in each week to get inspired, to learn, and to have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fast Feast Repeat Intermittent Fasting for Life podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing well. I already knew that because we're recording two today. (laughs) (laughs) We just recorded episode 30 and now we're recording episode 31. (laughs) But to all of you in listener land, it will be two separate weeks. So life behind the scenes. It's cold, but you know what? I was just in Virginia and it was really cold. And I kept complaining about how cold it was and so did Will. And my mom's like, it is not cold. I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) So that's all I have to say about that. Well, earlier this week, like Tuesday and Wednesday, it's Friday as we're recording, people kept telling me that we were supposed to have snow today on Friday. And I kept looking at the forecast on two different weather apps, never saw snow, nothing, nothing about snow at all. And then like people kept telling me over and over again, oh, we're supposed to have snow, watch out, we're supposed to have snow. And I'm just like, I don't know where these people are getting their weather information. Not from the weather apps I use. No. (laughs) So I guess you hadn't had any snow, huh? We have not had any snow. No. I think it's like 45 degrees, 43 degrees outside. That math doesn't work out, no. It's been in the 50s all week. So I don't think, even if it snowed, it's going to melt instantly. I was never worried. No. (laughs) I'm sure others were stocking up on bread and milk. Well, that's what we do in the South. People in the North don't get it. (laughs) It's okay. We do that in Kansas City even. Really? Okay. Like they say flurries and you can't buy any more bread if you don't rush right to the store. <laughs> bread and milk. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. My husband calls them milk sandwiches. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> He's like, everybody's got to get their milk sandwiches. Yeah. But it's true though. But to in our defense, everybody in the South, we I'm defending us. We don't have the right kind of tires. We don't have the right kind of driving skills. And we're more likely to get icy rain, which means you really can't drive anywhere and you are stuck. And then the trees all fall down and you have no power. 
I am way so. more worried about New Year's Day. We are supposed to have ice that morning and some sleet, Ooh. and I'll be driving Ooh. home from work. So, Oh, no, I haven't even looked that far ahead yet. No, ice is the worst. We had an ice storm in Augusta one year that we shut down the whole city for like almost a week. Like no power. It was like crazy. So no ice. Let's, let's call it now. Was that like 2011 or something? It was, it might have been 2014. Because that we had, I think it was 2014. And then we also had an earthquake. It was around Valentine's Day. We, the, we had the ice storm. And okay. Then it we was had no 2014 because I lived yeah. here. And we had no power. And then at like 11.30 p.m., I don't know why I was still awake. That's not like me. But I'm standing in the bathroom going, trying, getting ready to get in the bed. And the whole house started shaking. And it was an earthquake. So I'm like, what's next? The plague of locusts? It just felt like the end of times. We don't normally have earthquakes. This was in Augusta. So Yeah, that was my first winter living here. And I had some friends that lived in Villa Rica. And um, they were literally iced into their house for almost a week. They couldn't leave. Yeah, it was bad. Well, let's jump into today's celebration from Jessica in Florida. She said, I wanted to share with you that I have just finished the 28-day Fast Start Challenge from Fast Feast Repeat. I did the rip-off the Band-Aid approach. And I did the forbidden thing I shouldn't have done, Jen, but I'll explain why. I, bum, weighed, my, bum, bum. <laughs> I weighed myself every day during the challenge. I was reading your book and I was so intrigued that our body weight could stay the same or even go up while still losing inches. And it fascinated me. And I wanted to do an experiment with my own body. So I did. And I loved the ups and downs on my weight chart. I did it because I understood what was going on inside my body because of your book that comforted me, not to mention I was fitting in clothes I couldn't fit in before. I knew it wouldn't discourage me, but I don't suggest others do this because even though we understand, we still tend to have high hopes and a lower number on that scale. It's like it's embedded in our brains or something. I have before and after pictures. I would love to show you if I'm able to somehow. I actually lost weight, 10 pounds, and it's amazing how I look smaller at 174 pounds than I ever have before at that same weight. I feel more like at, I'm at 155 right now. I lost a lot of inflammation. I didn't even really work out. I mainly just took walks with my dog. Though I do plan to be more active moving forwards, I'm just so grateful to have come across your book because I have been fasting wrong until now. I have prayed to God so many times to help me to stop abusing food. I really do believe that he led me to your book. I really think that I had a food addiction. I would eat myself sick, stuffing my face even when I wasn't hungry. I would purposefully throw food away in the trash that I was trying to avoid because I couldn't just let it sit there. I would eat it. And later, I'd go dig it out of the trash and eat it anyway. I mean, yuck. I was embarrassed to go out in public. I was unhappy and depressed. All I thought about was food. I would go to parties just for the food. I would go to costume conventions. And after 30 minutes, I'd want to get out of my costume so that I could go put comfy clothes on and go eat. My life revolved around food. I was a glutton. So I just wanted to say thank you for putting emphasis on the importance of clean fasting and all the sciencey stuff you put in your book telling us what fasting does. It got my attention. I can now move faster, get up, sit down, and go down the stairs without knee pain. The symptoms I was feeling in my body, especially my feet that I feared was the beginning of diabetes, are now gone. And now I have a different relationship with food. Yes, even after 28 days. I can feel that this is something I'm going to do for a lifetime because I am in it for health reasons now. God bless you. 
Well, I love that so very much that you've already changed your relationship with food in just your first 28 days, Jessica. That is amazing. And I totally get it because I remember before fasting, it was like obsessive thoughts about food all the time, all the time. I think it's kind of that vicious cycle of like, I need to go on a diet and you're thinking about needing to go on a diet, which kind of makes you miserable because you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you eat for comfort because you can't figure out how to lose weight. Right. You kind of get in that vicious cycle. It was the decision fatigue of should I eat? Is it time to eat? What can I eat? What will help me lose this weight that I need to lose? That, that was always going through my mind back then. And with fasting, you're not thinking about food, your window's closed. It's not an option. It, no more decision fatigue. All right. Now, I want to talk about not weighing during the fast start and why. And I really, really have this as a point of emphasis in the new book, 28-Day Fast Start Day by Day, which Jessica had not had a chance to see yet because it hadn't come out yet by the time she sent in this celebration. But I actually have readers check off, I did not get on the scale every single day of the 28-day fast start in the new book. And here's why I don't want you to do it. The whole point of the new book is the whole getting you psychologically with the right mindset, understanding you're not going to quit, setting yourself up for success with your powerful why. And I get that most of us come to this because we want weight loss. I get it. And we're so used to the quick results on the scale that if we don't see them and we're doing this new thing and it feels hard and, and wait, the scale is up and I'm not losing weight at all, then you're going to feel so discouraged and you're going to be more likely to quit before you can feel how much better you feel with fasting. Your body's not adapted. So you're like, number one, this is hard and I don't like it. And number two, I'm not losing any weight. And so then you're like, this doesn't work. I quit. Well, and then your focus is so much on that weight and, you know, get up in yeah. the morning and you're thinking about that weight and you're not even able to appreciate the positives that fasting is bringing to you in those 28 days because you've got this, like you're hyper-focused on that scale and making that scale move. Exactly. And that is why when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat that came out in 2020, I already had years of coaching people through my Facebook support groups by that point. And I knew what made people really discouraged is that they didn't lose weight at first. And I understood why. You know, when I read the Fast Five book way back in the day that Dr. Burt Hearing wrote, he explains about something called compensatory overeating. That was his wording. And it's because you're not fat adapted yet. So your body is not well fueled during the fast. And so when your window opens, you're really, really hungry. So you're likely to actually overeat because your hunger signals are so pronounced. Your body is telling you, eat, eat, eat. So we find that overeating is very common at first because your body is not well-fueled. And not to mention, part of that is mental too. There's that whole thought of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to eat until tomorrow afternoon. I need to eat a lot to get me through the fast. And that's just not the way the body works. Right. So your body is still adapting. You're not well-fueled during the fast. Your body might be sending you overeating signals at first. Those do get better, we promise. And there are many, many reasons why you might not lose weight at first. And so I really want you, when I say trust the process, this is part of it. The first 28 days, the process of the first 28 days is not the weight loss time. It is the adapting to fasting time and understanding you might overeat and you might gain weight during the fast start. So like 
For example, everybody who's listening, this episode comes out on January 31st. And if you've been going through the 28-day fast start in our community that started on January 4th, today is day 28. And tomorrow is day 29 when you have my blessing to weigh yourself again. And every single person is going to be hoping to see a lower number and thinking they they were going to want to see that 10 pounds down that Jessica saw, but they might see a weight that is up or not down at all. Or maybe it's only down one pound. And then you're going to have that little bit of your brain saying, oh, no. But when that happens, remind yourself the 28-day fast start is not the time for weight loss. It is the time to adapt to the fasting. And now when you're done with it, now's the time to focus on what your trend is doing to see what happens. Yeah. And I just want to say, once you finish the 28 days, regardless of what the scale starts on, says on day 29, it's time to extend your contract with yourself. Take it out to 90 days because I was one of those people that gained and I gained eight pounds during my first six weeks. And had I got to a month and evaluated my weight and decided that that day it wasn't working, I would have missed the last eight years of freedom and weight loss and, you know, health that I have and just mental and emotional healing around body image and food. So give it time. Even when you weigh, still give it time. Exactly. Some people and do, not do have drastic changes in a month. They do. And those people are generally carrying around a lot of deadly inflammation and their body is ready to shed it. And fasting helps us do that. And so, you know, people that don't carry around that much inflammation for whatever reason, you may not see changes early on. And that's fine. It doesn't mean they're not coming. Yeah. You know, you mentioned stick to it, you know, guarantee that you're going to do it for 90 days. Promise yourself that in the 28 day fast start book at the end of the 28 days, I actually want you to make a commitment to yourself to make it to your first fast anniversary. Commit to it the first year. And so at the end of your 28-day fast start, you're already one-twelfth of the way to your first year. So just keep going. Don't stop. And that's when you can start figuring out what you need to do for weight loss, not during the first 28 days. So don't let that get in your head. So Jessica, you're getting a little scolding from me. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't let it upset you. But also you lost 10 pounds. So of course it didn't upset you. But now imagine you were somebody who gained 10 pounds, how you would have felt. It would have felt completely different. So there's a reason why I don't want you to weigh. And so please just trust me here because, you know, I've been through this with with a lot of people for a lot of years. And I know why I kept quitting all those years too. I understand it. So I couldn't let that pass without putting in my two cents. Are you tired of feeling tired? We all know that the foundation of well-being is a good night's sleep. One thing I do to improve my sleep and overall well-being is taking Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only brand I trust because I know the founders make the products they themselves want to take. And when I sleep well, I wake up refreshed. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded when you take magnesium, from the quality of your sleep to your brain function, from metabolism to stress levels. So do yourself a favor and make magnesium breakthrough part of your daily routine so you can get the vitality you need to conquer your dreams. Go to bioptimizers.com slash fast feast repeat now and enter the promo code FFR10 to get 10% off any order. 
In addition to the discount, you can get free gifts with your purchase for a limited time. Again, that's buyoptimizers.com slash fastfeastrepeat with the promo code FFR10. All right, so now we have a question from a listener. This question is from Sarah from Castro Valley, California. She said, I am 45, starting weight 160, current weight 142, goal weight 130. I started intermittent fasting nine months ago and lost the initial 20 pounds in the first three months. I have been plateaued since. I work out daily. I started with 16.8, then progressed to 24, and frequently 22.2. I have an evening window because I like to eat with my family, but I don't think this is ideal for me. Lately, I've been trying to work out later and eat earlier because of all the information to eat after working out to replenish muscle development. I tried ADF, but it was really hard for me. I couldn't sleep because I was so focused on waking up to eat. Plus, the up day was hard for me psychologically. My question is, how do I tweak to break through this plateau? Okay, a couple of thoughts here. You work out daily. I don't know what you're doing for workouts, but we should not be doing intense workouts every single day. That is not what's best for our body, nor is it best for weight loss. Now, do you want to move your body daily? Absolutely. But you do need recovery days. Your body needs recovery days. So I hope that you are taking that into mind when you are doing your workout schedule for the week. Down days with exercise (laughs) are important. Your body needs rest. So add some restorative workouts if you don't already, some yoga, just some light walking. And you don't want to be doing intense workouts that frequently because it can really kind of backfire on you. Just exercise is healthy, but too much exercise can be stressful on your body. And it can have the opposite results you are looking for in terms of weight loss, especially if you are doing a lot of cardio. I'm not sure why you do not think an evening window is ideal for you. You don't really say, so I can't really help you work through that. Now, as far as eating for muscle development, as long as you are eating within a 24-hour time period, you are eating enough to replenish any muscle breakdown that's occurring or whatever, you're getting that in. You know, there's this whole thing that came out, I don't know, 20 some years ago with this whole push to refuel within like an hour or whatever, 30 minutes to an hour or whatever. But research really shows that that's not necessary. The anabolic period isn't super short like that. So really, whether you eat at one hour or you eat six hours after your workout, you're not going to notice a difference in muscle gains. And also other research has really showed that consuming protein, it doesn't matter when you consume it, whether it's before your workout or after your workout, one is not more beneficial than the other. So as long as you are eating every day, you're not going to have a problem with muscle mass retention or development. I think that might be what she means by it not being ideal for her because she likes to, she thinks she needs to. when she works out? Yeah, I think that's what Okay, I wasn't really sure if that's what she meant. And then you also mentioned ADF is really hard for you because you can't sleep because you're focused on waking up to eat. Again, I don't know if this is psychological or physical. Are you hungry? Is that why you can't sleep? You can always use the down day, which, again, ensures that you are eating every 500 hours. calorie meal. Yeah. yeah. You can use a down day meal. Then you are still eating every day. 
if you are really that hungry that you're not sleeping on a down day, you could potentially not be eating enough to fuel your body with all the workouts that you're doing. Again, it's hard. We're not in your house. We don't know how you eat or how much you eat. You say you frequently do 22-2. I don't recommend anybody frequently does 22-2 unless they're also alternating that with some longer eating windows, especially somebody who is very, very active. So I would really like to see you settle into more of a, you know, 19.5 or 24, like Jen, I talk a lot. That's just really a sweet spot for weight loss for so many people. Anything else that you can think of, Jen? Oh, yeah, I have lots of things to add. Again, we, we tend to think that, well, if I'm plateaued, I need to shorten my window. So if I do 22.2 to 24, that's shorter. It's got to be better. I'm going to lose more weight, it's good. and especially if I'm working out a lot. If you remember when we had Dr. Tabitha Barber on, you know, she's an OBGYN, she's a hormone expert. What is not good for women's hormones? Over-restriction coupled with over-exercise. So that is not what we want you to do. You need to fuel your body well. And, you know, if I had a 22-2 day or a 23-1 day here and there, nothing wrong with that. I'm usually a little hungrier the next day, so I eat more that day, just naturally. It happens. But I'm also not doing really intense workouts every day. You know, I jump on my rebounder. I get on my vibration plate. I walk a little bit. That's that's what I do. So you want to make sure you're not accidentally over-restricting by having really, really short windows and also over-exercising by working out too much, like Sherry said. You got to balance it. Fast, feast, repeat, right? We nourish our bodies well. That's so important. As far as ADF, not being able to sleep, like Sherry said, the down day meal can really, really help with that. And I think that is a legitimate option and preferable for a lot of people. Now, I also want to define a plateau. And this is where it gets tricky because you are, I don't know how tall you are, but your goal weight is only 12 pounds away from where you are right now. So let's imagine that you're you're working out and you're fueling your body well, and it's all just, you've settled into a routine that's really appropriate, which of course you may need to do some tweaking for that. But let's imagine that you, you find a routine where you're working out just the right amount, eating the right amount, fueling your body well. You're going to experience body recomposition, which means that while you're fasting, you're going to burn fat. And because you're working out and nourishing your body well, you're going to build muscle. So you may find that your body shrinks over time and you may get to your goal size without the scale changing. So it's time for you to start using other tools besides just those last 12 pounds on the scale to measure your progress. My advice for you is reread the scale schmale chapter of Fast East Repeat. Make sure you're using all of those tools, goal clothes, honesty pants, progress photos wearing the same outfit. You may find that you get to your goal size and you still weigh 142 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, as I was rereading this, as you were talking to Sarah mentions that the update is hard for her psychologically. And I think a lot of this is you're not I don't think you're experiencing the freedom that so many people feel with IF yet. I I feel like you're a little bit stuck in maybe some restrictive mindset keeping these short windows, you're afraid to really embrace eating on the up day. And so that is something that I would really suggest that you work on is, you know, letting go of that diet brain that I need to burn all these calories and eat as little as possible in the shortest window as possible, because you're really missing so many of the benefits of IF by kind of getting stuck in that mindset 
and kind of learning to let that go and trust your body and trust fasting to take care of you. If you can work on being less restrictive, I think that's going to pay off for you. Good catch there, Sherry. I, I didn't notice that part, but you're right. If the update is hard psychologically and you're working out a lot and you're having really short windows, it does sound like what we've been taught, eat less, move more. So if the update is hard for you psychologically because you're afraid to eat more, that is the sign you probably need to eat more. So that that's good, good noticing that. I agree completely. All right, so now it's time for our segment called What's Your Why? And when you're starting off with a 28-day fast start day by day, one of the first things I want you to do is craft your why statement. It's perfectly appropriate for weight loss to be a big part of your why, but when your why is deeper than weight loss alone, you're more likely to find long-term success and view intermittent fasting as a lifestyle. So today we have a why from Lisa. Lisa wrote, My why started out hoping to find something new that would work for weight loss and turned into striving for lifelong health. I've struggled with weight problems my entire life. I was overweight in elementary school. My mom bought me chubby sized clothes at Sears. Me too, Lisa. My mom bought me tough skin jeans and she bought them in the boys department. And I was a husky. (laughs) She said, so I feel your pain, Lisa. Uh, So she says, my pediatrician put me on diet pills when I was in third grade from sixth grade through high school, maybe from the diet pills or after my final growth spurt, I weighed 135 to 140 pounds, which was a normal weight for my five foot seven height. But I always felt overweight. Like most everyone, I gained weight in college and just kept on gaining. By my mid 20s, I weighed over 200 pounds. I joined Weight Watchers and got back down to the ideal weight of 135 in less than a year. However, I gained most of the weight back by the time I was 30, and after that, nothing I tried worked or I could not stick with it. That's 30 years of being overweight and trying to lose, bouncing up and down from my highest weight of 232 to the lowest I remember being in recent years of 180. I'm an intelligent, successful woman. I solve complicated problems in my job. I can afford to pay for a weight loss program within reason. I once paid $1,500 for a healthy lifestyle eating program and coach. It worked until it didn't, just like every other diet. In March 2021, coming out of the pandemic, I saw a number on the scale I had promised myself I would never go back to again. And that is when I found IF. I'm pretty sure I've been insulin resistant my entire life, and I had been basically been on a calorie restrictive diet my entire adult life. My metabolism was shot. My weight loss was really slow, but in two years, I lost about 40 pounds. I started IF at 200 and I'm maintaining at 160. I'll be 63 on October 10th and Smart BMI says 160 is a good weight for my age. IF was the easiest weight loss program I've ever done, but many other things motivate me to continue. I can enjoy wonderful food without guilt. I no longer feel guilty about, quote, bad foods or calories. I mostly eat whole foods and avoid ultra processed because I feel better, but I can splurge if I want. I can practice IF for the rest of my life. I never felt like that about a diet. Before IF, I was always hungry, whether I was on a diet or not. Intermittent fasting corrected my satiety signals, and it's wonderful. I've had hypoglycemic episodes since I was 12. I've only had one since I started IF, and that was after I ate a high-carb meal followed by pecan pie. I want to avoid the health issues that run long and deep in my family, diabetes, Alzheimer's, AFib, heart disease, and chronic kidney disease. Keeping insulin and weight low gives me a better chance. 
I have the BRCA2 breast cancer genetic mutation. I had breast cancer in 2017, a double mastectomy, reconstruction, chemo, and took an estrogen inhibitor for five years. My oncologist agrees that fasting and keeping insulin low may decrease my recurrent risk. I hope fat burning and autophagy will eventually whittle my waist to a healthy size. I still have central obesity from lifelong insulin resistance and the estrogen inhibitor. Trying ADF isn't practical right now, even though I know it might help me achieve a healthier body composition, but I'm the caregiver for both elderly parents. I'm happy that through the stress with no effort at all, I'm maintaining and even losing a pound or two now and then. Well, that is awesome, Lisa. And I want to highlight the smart BMI. We've talked about this before. You can Google smart BMI and put in your your age, your height, and your weight, and it will give you an indication of where you fall on the smart BMI. This is not the same as the standard BMI that we're used to. It takes your age into consideration. And, you know, we don't want to be too thin as we get older. We want to that studies show that it's actually healthy to maintain a little extra weight. Right. And some people have been confused. They'll use the calculator and they'll come back community and give their BMI score because it does tell you your conventional BMI score. So it's not the first score because that'll just be a BMI, but then it's going to say your smart BMI score and it's like a fraction. So it'd be like 35 over 70 or something like that. And, And that's kind of like, there's a range in there of what they consider healthy and it's right around, I want to say it's right in the thirties. So yeah, read the words, they'll look, tell you. Yeah, the there's, words. A, they'll, there's a whole blurb about it. And then they'll tell you like, do they recommend that you lose some weight and why, or are you at a healthy weight and what do you need to do to maintain your weight? So it's really, it's, I think it's a very helpful tool to look at. Yeah, I think so too, because it helps you with realistic expectations for what is a healthy weight for you, because we've been conditioned to have a number in our head. And the regular BMI is just a very flawed calculation. Yes. It doesn't take it. If you are an elite athlete and you have a lot of muscle mass, you could have a very high BMI and be very, very healthy. Well, this one too. This one could do that too. Same thing, but it also takes your age into consideration. Yeah. Right. Are you tired of feeling tired? We all know that the foundation of well-being is a good night's sleep. One thing I do to improve my sleep and overall well-being is taking Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only brand I trust because I know the founders make the products they themselves want to take. And when I sleep well, I wake up refreshed. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded when you take magnesium, from the quality of your sleep to your brain function, from metabolism to stress levels. So do yourself a favor and make magnesium breakthrough part of your daily routine so you can get the vitality you need to conquer your dreams. Go to bioptimizers.com slash fast feast repeat now and enter the promo code FFR10 to get 10% off any order. In addition to the discount, you can get free gifts with your purchase for a limited time. Again, that's buyoptimizers.com slash fastfeastrepeat with the promo code FFR10. All right, we have another question from New in New Jersey. Hi, I'm trying IF for the second time. About a year ago, I started IF and lost about 10 pounds very slowly. I got impatient and quit. I want to do it right this time. My question is this. 
Can I choose a fasting time, 19.5, for example, and do that every day? Is it necessary to switch up the fasting times to keep my body guessing? Thanks for any insight you can provide. My answer is yes and no. (laughs) Yes, you can absolutely choose a fasting time and you can do that every day. I will tell you I'm a 19.5 girl. Do I eat exactly for five hours every single day? No, because part of that comes in, what comes into play is listening to your body and honoring satiety. So if you have a 19 hour fasting goal and a five hour window goal, that's great. Does that mean you have to open your window at 19 hours? Nope. If you're not hungry, open your window. Yeah. Open your window an hour later, whatever. So I don't know of very many people who say, yes, I'm a 19.5 faster, who exactly fast 19 hours and open on the dot at 19 hours and close on the dot at five hours every day. So you're going to automatically have some variability in there and you're not going to eat the same exact foods every day. So your intake's not going to be the same. Your nutritional intake's going to change. Your caloric intake's going to change. Some days you're going to be hungrier than others. Some days you're going to have, you know, little hunger and you might eat really lightly. And the next day you might naturally eat more and you might find that you need a five and a half hour window that day. So yes, you can absolutely choose a fasting protocol and do it every single day. Is it necessary to switch up the fasting times? You're going to do that naturally. When would you make a change? If you settle into 19.5 and, you know, a couple months go by and you're just not seeing weight loss at all, that's when you would want to look at it and just pick a new protocol or change something you're doing or address your windows. So we don't want you to set it and forget it. You definitely you know, need to settle in, give it time, give your body time to adjust, and then adjust as needed. And again, this is a really good question to ask yourself. And and how do you know when to switch things up is based on results, what's happening. Like, for example, if you do, as Sherry suggested, and you have a flexible 19.5 and you naturally switch it up day to day based on your hunger and satiety cues, and you're reaching your goals, there is no reason to switch anything up to keep your body guessing you are seeing the results you want. But let's imagine that you do it for three months, you're rolling along, then all of a sudden you get to a plateau that doesn't budge for a month. Well, now it might be time to switch something up to get your body guessing again, throw in a little ADF here and there. So your body will tell you if you need to switch things up and use your results to guide you when it comes to that. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest problem that we run into is people who want to switch it up continuously. And that can really derail people. Like I've said before, you can flex yourself out of fat burning. I don't think people have to be worried about settling into a protocol and their body adapting. That's not something I would worry about. It's not something I've ever worried about. And if it does, if you do adapt, you just tweak it. That's when you switch it up. It's not, there's, there should be no fear because you've got the tools, right? You got the tools, whatever happens, you say, all right, what's happening? Why is this happening? If you're not sure why it's happening, ask us a question. <laughs> we'll help you figure it out. The more details you can give us, the better, of course. But, you know, the, there's no reason to ever be like, like worried and scared and upset. Instead, you just respond to what's happening. Like, all right, well, let's see. This is what's happening. Why could this be happening? And what would be the thing to do if, in result of this happening? So this week, we also have a book recommendation to share, and this was sent in by Patricia Cherry in Plymouth, UK. She said, I'm passionate about all things diet. 
so there are many books I could recommend, but the latest has been Ultra Processed People. I'm presently reading Excitotoxins, which is about the damage that toxins such as aspartame and MSG can do. I'm pretty certain that my lifelong use of saccharin, aspartame, and other sweeteners is what has caused my liver damage. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, Ultra Processed People is a great book. It explains so very much. And the part that Patricia added about the artificial sweeteners, you know, I, I think about Tim Spector. And he used to not caution against the use of them. Like there was like some where he's like, what was I wrong about? One of the things he said he was wrong about was artificial sweeteners and the damage they can do to our gut microbiome. So I really do think that that's one thing to, if you're, if you're wanting to make some changes, getting artificial sweeteners out of your diet can really help. Of course, we don't have them while we're fasting, but in your eating window, you can choose whatever you want. Obviously, in your eating window, if you would like to have artificial sweeteners, you absolutely can. But if you're you know, concerned, that would be a good place to start with, with taking things out here and there. I just drink, like I don't drink any kind of sweetened beverage during my eating window. I drink water. I drink sparkling water. I might, if my window's open, put a lime wedge on a club soda if I'm at a restaurant. But I'm not drinking sweetened or artificially sweetened beverages very often. How about you? I'm more of a add fruit. You like a Diet Mountain? No, no. You drink Diet Dr. Pepper every now and I then? I used to drink Diet Dr. Pepper now and then. But I tell you what, I just made a decision like maybe in September that I wasn't okay. going to buy them anymore. I didn't know that. Now, there are occasions while I'm out and about and, you know, my window's open and I might grab one, but I don't buy them and bring them to the house anymore. Okay. And again, that's the whole part about like my book, Clean-ish, right? We choose what we would do and the the choices. If you want to have a little artificial sweetener in your window or if that's something you don't want to give up, you get to make that choice. But if you're thinking about what could I give up, that might be a place to start. I would drink like a real Coke. I really changed to drinking cold brew coffee in the afternoon when I want something to drink besides water. I have switched to cold brew coffee. I actually found a really great organic decaf cold brew coffee that's amazing and clean, fast, compliant. And I'll mix it with some sparkling water and make a little coffee soda. And then when I want something besides water in my window, I have a new favorite window closer, and that is um, a decaf coffee with some whipped cream and cinnamon. Ooh, that and sounds like amazing. a great, delicious dessert coffee Yeah, for your window. It feels that fancy, and it feels yeah. like dessert, and that cinnamon is delicious. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of been my new evening treat. Well, I do drink kombucha. I forgot to mention that. You know, like if I want something in a wine glass that feels like a celebration, I'll put some kombucha in there, and that's always yummy. But anyway, ultra-processed people suggested by Patricia, that's a good choice. And again, in your eating window, cleanish. that's my goal. Perfection not required. You just decide what's important to you. Listen, I ate some Cheetos yesterday, and they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely cleanish. Yeah. But before we get to the tweak of the week, I do want to take a minute to tell you about Beauty Counter, which is a clean, which is a clean product that I really no learned about, about it. when yeah. eating cleanish. Yeah. I thought, you know, there's a lot of things I can't control and there are a lot of things I can control and I can control what I put on my skin. I believe that what we put on our body is just as important as what we put in our body. 
I feel good knowing that the beauty and bath and body products I use are free of dangerous chemicals and toxins that have been shown to contribute to disease such as cancer, dementia, autoimmune diseases, as well as those that contribute to endocrine disruption leading to hormonal imbalances, weight gain, and insulin resistance. I will be forever grateful to Beauty Counter for working hard to research and remove these ingredients from their products, as well as working to pass regulation in both the U.S. and Canada to make the beauty industry safer for all. So not only do I not have to shop around for the cleanest products, I just go right to the Beauty Counter website. I also do not have to be on the constant search for an effective skincare routine. I love the counter time and all bright sea line. My sun damaged skin is bright and my dark spots are nearly all gone or considerably lightened. It's a no brainer and it really simplifies my life so much. My skin has truly never looked better. If you want to learn more or need help deciding how to start, visit my website at beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock, or you can email me at Sherry at fastpeacerepeat.com and I will get you started. Yeah, Sherry is great at answering questions. When anybody asks me, I don't know. They're like, what do you recommend? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I use very few things, but I, I love the ones that I use, the shampoo, the conditioner, the Well, I definitely have mascara. problem skin and it absolutely reversed my skin. I've never been someone who used like a bunch of regimen. Like I own all of it, all the, and I just never, just I never use moisturizer. It. No, I never use any of it. I'm just very. I do. I'm, That's my little yeah. form of self-care every morning and evening. And my skin thanks me. <laughs> so now it's time for our tweak of the week. And this tweak was submitted by Bunny Mom, Karen. And I love Karen, Bunny Mom. She is in our community and she will show us her bunnies frequently. They're so cute. <laughs> she had Ellie submitted wants to that play as a bunny. Bun Mom. And I had oh. to think for a minute. And then I was like, this is Bunny Mom. So I changed bun to bunny. Just oh, She says bun. I know she, she calls does. them the buns. Yeah. But yeah, in my head, I thought of like a bun. Like a, oh, a bun, bun on the head. We, we might not I have saw recognized. the email address and I realized it was her. It was Karen. Oh, I love it. Karen has so cute Karen, little bunnies. She does. And Karen has an amazing transformation yes, story. Yes, she does. She really, really does. Never stop sharing that, Karen. She said, a tweak that has proved great for me is to alternate between fasting links to achieve higher average fasts, as well as giving me more time in my fat burning phase on the longer days but also helps me prevent over-restriction. I do 20-plus hours some days, usually end up 22-ish, and 16-9 other days. My body doesn't react well to all 20-plus hour fasts or even 19 every day. So if I was all or nothing and set a hard guide for each day, I'd only be around 17 to 19, but my body does react well to throwing the 22-ish hour fasts in as long as it's not multiple days in a row. Unlearning the all or nothing mentality has been game changing and helped me to find which tweaks really suit my body and helps me achieve my goals. So, you know, we just talked about there's no need to flex, but Karen has fasted for long enough that she has figured out what she really needs to do to make this sustainable for her. And she likes the extra fat burning of the longer fast, but she knows she doesn't feel great that way. And she also works out a lot. I do know that about her. So I know she said on the days that she has heavier workouts, she does have longer windows, you know, and I think that's really her listening to her body. She knows what her body needs from day to day. 
really, if we put all three of these together, <laughs> all three, our, our question that we had from Sarah, that, that she's doing 22-2 a lot of days and working out. And then we had the question from New in New Jersey, about 19-5 every day. And if we roll all that together, then we have Karen with the way that she she does a little bit of both and flexes I will say, it. I think when you're an experienced faster, it makes flexing it just natural. It's not something you have to really think about. It's natural and it doesn't derail you. But if you have a person that's struggled with consistency or maintaining a fasting lifestyle, there is a lot to be said for consistency. That's an excellent point. So build the consistency and get to where fasting is something you do every day without having to think about. And then you can start flexing your schedule some because it's going to be really easy to do at that point. Exactly. And if you go back to the question, you know, when um, New in New Jersey asked if you could do 19.5 every day and we said that you could, notice that Sherry said you're going to naturally flex it based on your appetite, whether you're not as hungry that day, you might have a shorter window, or if you're a little hungry, it might be a little longer. Let the flexing happen naturally. You don't have to work so hard at it or like like devise complicated schedules. Right. You let your body tell you. Like, Karen has done. So when Karen explains how, you know, some days she fasts for 20 plus hours and some days she does 16, it really is based on her body telling her because she's been doing this for a long time and she knows she worked out that day and she's hungrier. So she eats more. So your body really does guide you over time. You learn how to do all that. Something that people used to like to do back in the DDD Facebook group days, and we see it some in the community here and there, is people will like to come up with these complicated fasting schedules. And yep. they'll be like, this, to is do what, it. this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to fast this much on this day and then have this long of a window on this day. And then they're like, what do you think? Yeah. And you know what I think? I think keeping it as simple as possible, letting your body guide you. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. That you can write whatever you want on a piece of paper, but that doesn't mean that your body's going to like what you wrote on a paper. It doesn't mean that that's going to make you feel your best. You might have a really hungrier day that day, but you wrote down you were going to have a two-hour window, and now you're like forcing yourself to stick to this two-hour window goal you had, but your body needs you to eat more that day. And you're hungry, and you're cranky, and then fasting yeah. feels hard, and then you get you know, then you become a disgruntled faster. We don't want right. disgruntled fasters. We want Listening you to, to your body is important. Yeah. You know, if your body's hungrier one day, a two-hour window is not going to serve you well. And if you planned it, now you feel like you're failing. Fasting should never feel hard once you're fat adapted. It's true. That doesn't mean you won't have a hard day. You will have hard right. days. You might have emotional days where you want to eat, but we tweak it till it's easy, right? That's the goal. That doesn't mean every minute is easy. I talk about that in the new book. You know, when we say tweak it till it's easy, does that mean every second's going to be easy? No, because there are many reasons that life is just hard in general. Yeah, but if you're like dreading fasting, if you wake up in the morning, you're like, I don't know, I'm dreading fasting. It's going to be a hard day, blah, blah. And that is happening to you a lot. There's a reason why. And it's time to figure that out. Don't give up. Yeah. Figure it out because you've got some tweaking to do. And it could be something as simple as you're drinking a prepared coffee, coffee. that has mm -hmm. additives that are breaking your fast. It could be that simple. Well, we'd love to leave you with inspirational or motivational quotes to get you through your next week. And this week we have a message from Sonia, an Italian living in England. The quote is, if you keep doing things halfway, you will always have half results. 
She says, I've told myself this when I discovered the clean fast and understood that until that moment, I was not 100% fasting. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. You can't fast halfway. You're either fast and clean or you're not. So that's a very good point. But I know Susanya is. I've talked to her before. She's awesome. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to have you join us in the Delay Don't Deny community where you can interact with both me and Sherry, plus the most supportive bunch of intermittent fasters you'll find anywhere. Go to jenstevens.com slash community to join us. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review. That helps new listeners find the show, and we really appreciate it. We're a community-driven podcast, so to submit your success stories, your questions, your favorite tweak-it-till-it's-easy moments, or anything else you want us to share on the podcast, go to fastfeastrepeat.com slash submit. And then listen each week to see if we share your submission or answer your question. Until next week, thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.